Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. My name is Rob Lau. I am one of the pastors here at Ebenezer. I just want to add something to what Pastor Mark said earlier. He mentioned that on November 11th, it's a Sunday, it's Veterans Day, it happens to fall on a Sunday this year, we are going to celebrate, as we, as is our custom, we're going to celebrate those who have served. I just want to add one more piece to it. Uh, one of the things that you could do is, in addition to to submitting the names of, of your veterans, like my wife and I both were honored to serve, we met in the United States Air Force, um, in addition to submitting the name of your veteran from your family or veterans from your family, one of the things that I can envision people doing is uh, if you have friends in the community who are veterans, to submit their names and then tell them you submitted their names and invite them to come and, and let us honor them on November 11th because there's, there's a word for that. It's called evangelism. Evangelism can be a scary thing. We think we have to, we have to know all the answers and be able to articulate these vast theological concepts, but in reality, evangelism is nothing more and nothing less than trying to connect people with the grace of Jesus Christ. So it would be a great opportunity to try and connect people with the grace of Jesus Christ that's offered here at Ebenezer Church. Alright, enough about that. When I was a little boy, I played a game called hide and seek. Did any of you play this game? I was the youngest of four children, and at that time, being the youngest, I was also the smallest. That is no longer the case in the Lau family, um, but at the same time where we lived, my, my uncle, we lived just outside of, of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and my uncle owned a series of arcades, and when he'd shut down an arcade, he would store his games in our garage. I had arcade games in my garage growing up. It was awesome. And there were some really cool, uh, like Spy Hunter. We had Spy, and the sit-down Spy Hunter. Not the one you had to stand up and try and press the game. We had the sit-down Spy Hunter in my house. And we also had, we had this pinball game that was uh, designed around baseball. And so you push the button and it would fire a pitch to you and you got to hit the, and did any of you ever play that game when you were growing up? It was awesome. So when we were playing hide and seek, my favorite place to go hide was to crawl up underneath and inside one of these video games. And I think to myself, they're never going to find me. And then about three minutes later, I would think, uh-oh, what if they never find me, right? <laughs> because I'd be hearing, I'd be hearing them outside, my, my older siblings, they'd be outside running and playing and having fun. And, and there's a word for this as an extrovert. When you're, when you're somewhere and the people around you are having a good time and you can't go and be part of it, there's a word for that as an extrovert. It's, it's called hell. It's extrovert hell. And some of the little ones in here are saying, oh, he said the H word. 
Hell is a theological term for a place you don't want to be. And I didn't want to be there. So my thoughts would, would transform. On the one hand, I would think, oh my goodness, I wonder if they're ever going to find me. And then eventually I would get to the point that I would say to myself, maybe they finally figured out. They can have more fun without me, right? Today's sermon series is, is called I Quit. And today's installment of this sermon series is called I Quit Hiding. What do I mean by that? Well, we were formed in the image of God. We are redeemed by the hands of a loving creator. God has, has placed inside all of us these, these passions and these dreams and these talents. And then all of a sudden we hit middle school. And we become aware of a very real social dynamic. Which is that, truthfully, there are two groups of people. There are those who are in... And then there's everybody else. And so what happens early on in our adolescence is we, we begin to find ourselves making choices where we hide parts of who we are so that others will accept us. And I wish I could say it stopped in middle school, but it didn't. This conversation about hiding is potentially... The, the most personal conversation we're going to have in this entire I Quit series because it deals with our very identity and the fact that there is conflict within us about whether we are actually willing to show our true selves to other people and embrace that vulnerability. It's a tough topic. And so, let's talk about something else for a while. Like... Star Trek. Do I have any Trekkies in the house? Anybody Star Trek? Anybody love Star Trek? Yeah, a few of you. Our director of, of, of communication here, Michelle, is a, a great Trekkie. Love Star Trek. And when I was a little kid, Star Trek The Next Generation was just coming on and the original series was in syndication. And so I, I would sometimes play the game where I was playing Star Trek and because it was my own game, I chose to be the captain of the Starship Enterprise, of course. And now I modeled myself, I really thought of myself more in the line of Captain Kirk than Captain Picard. The irony of which is now in adulthood I'm actually starting to go bald. So, um, and, and there were some important things you had to know if you were going to be a starship captain. Like the coolest thing you ever got to say was, fire, photon, torpedoes. What's a photon torpedo? It's a torpedo made of photons. I don't exactly know what it is, but here's what I know. I know that it was a, it was a terrifying weapon that, that Starship captains had at their, their disposal. It was also a tremendously versatile weapon because depending on the episode that you were watching, a photon torpedo could either destroy another starship or if they put other stuff inside of it, it could repopulate plant life on a planet. Tremendously versatile weapon <laughs> that they had here. It's worth noting that when it comes to hiding, one of the tactics we use to hide is to fire preemptive shots. When people start to get a little close, when we're, we're nervous, when they start to see who we really are, we can send nasty gram emails, we can, we can say snarky things to them that push them away. All starship captains, by the way, all of us, all of us, lived in fear of the dreaded Romulan cloaking device. I want to show you a picture of it. It's right there. And those of you unfamiliar with Star Trek would say, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. 
Yeah, that's the point. Right? They're cloaked. A Romulan cloaking device cloaked the ship. It made the starship invisible, which is also one of the tactics we use when we're trying to hide. We'll make ourselves small. We'll stop showing up. We'll do the things we can do to ensure that nobody's going to take notice of us. But of all the things you have to know if you're going to be a starship captain, this is the most important. This two-word phrase is the phrase that every starship captain utters the moment they sniff out that there might be trouble. What two words do they say? Anybody know? Shields up. Yeah. Shields up. And then magically, when the captain says shields up, this, imag- this, this invisible force field goes around, goes around the ship and nothing can get in. Nothing can touch you. Nothing can hurt you. And I know you know where I'm going with this, right? One of the other tactics we use with hiding is that force field. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that one of the reasons when we make assumptions about other people that we assume that we are good and they are bad is because it gives us the opportunity to make an excuse to keep them at arm's length. We tend to fire preemptive shots. We tend to make ourselves small. We tend to put shields up. You didn't know that you were living Star Trek, did you, church? Why do we do this, by the way? Why do we engage in this act of hiding? Well, I want to suggest that there are two primary reasons that we tend to hide our passions and our dreams and the things we love to do from other people, that we, we tend to hide our true selves. And the first reason we tend to hide our, our true self is, is because of sin that comes, that sin that results in shame. Shame that comes out of sin. Like, did you ever hear the story of the pastor who went to make a, a visit at a home? And he, he went up, and he knocked on the door, and, and the woman didn't answer. Which he thought was curious because her car was in the driveway. But she didn't, she didn't answer. So he knocked again, still she didn't answer. So he took out a business card, and on the back of his business card, he wrote Revelation 3.20, which says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my cry and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with them. And they with me. Kind of funny church humor, right? A couple of days later, the pastor received a, a card in the mail. He opened it up, and the only thing the inside of the card said was Genesis 3.10, which says this, I heard you calling from the garden, but I was naked, so I hid. (laughs) It is interesting to me that one of the first consequences to sin was hiding. One of the first consequences to sin was hiding. Now granted, they they were trying to hide from God, which sometimes we do. I'm not going to talk about that much today because, you know, you can't hide from God, right? But sometimes we find ourselves hiding as a result of sin which has led to shame in our lives. And the ironic thing is it doesn't even have to be our own sin, Talk to people who experienced abuse as a child. Someone else sinned against them. And yet, because of that sin, they have been fighting with shame. They've been hiding for much of their lives. Talk to people who have experienced divorce. Where, to a greater or lesser degree, everybody bears some fault. 
And as a result of, of, of that divorce, there are people who say, never again, never again am I going to let somebody in. I'm never going to let anybody close to me ever again. Which brings me to the second reason we have a tendency to hide who we are and what we love, who we were created to be. The second reason, the second thing we tend to do is, is, is fear. The reason we tend to hide is because of fear. I'm afraid that if if I let you in, if I if I take that mask off, if I lower my shields, I'm afraid that if you see me for who I really am, that you're going to think I'm not good enough, that my dreams are silly. Jesus, in our scripture reading this morning, Jesus told us a different way of being. The passage we read this morning came from the Sermon on the Mount, the most important sermon in the history of the world, the greatest exegesis on ethics, on how to live with people and God that's ever been stated before. Jesus opens the Sermon on the Mount with an opening illustration called the Beatitudes. It's an outline of discipleship. And as soon as he finishes with his opening illustration, the next thing Jesus does is he gives those who would be his followers a mission. He challenges us to be salt and light. Think about salt for a moment. The primary function of salt is that it brings flavor to things. One of the things Jesus told us about being people of faith, followers of Jesus Christ, is that part of our task is to help bring flavor to a bland world. He also told us that we were supposed to be light in the midst of darkness. He said... Who who lights a lamp and then, then hides it under a basket? It doesn't make any sense. Jesus is telling us to quit hiding the light that lives inside of us, the light that God has given to us through the process of our redemption. So, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about, and I thought, I'll, I'll get all this stuff out about hiding, and it'll be a good little sermon, and we'll move on. And And then God started to yell at me a little bit um, because I hide too um, in a lot of different ways I guess but one of the things I hide about myself um, and I'm happy to talk about it but I don't like doing it in front of people is that um, I've, I've recently started playing my guitar and kind of singing Christian songs um, and I'm not that good at it in fact, good is not the right word at all to describe this. Um, but I love it. It's, it's, it's energizing. It's life-giving uh, to me. And I felt like God was saying to me, if, if you really want to have some skin in this game, right, about not hiding, you've got to stop hiding in front of these people. And I said, I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. In fact, I walked into James and Alan, our tech guy, our worship leader director. I said, hey, I've got a crazy idea for Sunday. I'd like you to try and talk me out of this. So, here we go. On, on Thursdays, um, whoever the preaching pastor is, preaches the sermon to the non-preaching pastor right here in the sanctuary. So in this 500-seat auditorium, there's two people. 
one, one preaching and the other sitting there listening. I just want you to think about how awkward this must have been for Mark on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's only about 400 times more awkward today. Uh, also, I, you know, I can't stand and play the guitar. Um, like some people can walk and chew gum at the same time and other people can play the guitar and, you know, stand. I can't do that. Um, Ironically, I recognize that I'm actually hiding right now in front of you as... Because uh, this makes me want to throw up. It does. And that's ironic because I, I, standing in front of you and preaching, while there are some times, depending on the content, I get a little anxious about, about something, it's no problem at all. But, but right now, this is not a comfortable place to be. Okay, here we go. I might, I might need that. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, you've been hearing the same old voice to the same old line, you've been trying to hear the same old holes inside, there's a better life. Alive. He's got pain, he's a pain taker Feel lost, he's a way maker He's a freedom, a saving He's a pain savior If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker Searched for the light of day in the dead night. But I found myself worn out from the same old fight. We've all run the things we know just in mind. There's a better life, a better life. He's got pain. You've got chains. He's a chain breaker. If you've been leaving, you've been sealing. You can't feel it. Somebody testify. If you've been leaving, you've been sealing. He's a way 
hand. He's a pain-shaking Savior. If you've got pain, chains, He's a chain-breaking. You need freedom or saving. He's a prison-shaking Savior. If you've got chains, He's a chain-breaking. Got chains, He's a chain-breaking. Got chains, He's a chain-breaker. I'm going to go throw up. I'll be right back. Mark, could you? <laughs> you know what's so hard? Right? It's fear, of course, right? But, but there's something else that's going on. The reason it's hard for me to do that is in part because I'm not as good as Alan. Who's as good as Alan? <laughs> Bob Seeger came by the church on Tuesday and said, Alan, would you show me that riff you did a couple weeks back? That was amazing. Here's the thing. You were formed in the image of God. The Imago Dei. The fingerprints of the Creator rest on your soul. And when we ran away, the Creator of all the universe said, I will bear any burden. I will pay any price just to be with you again. This isn't something that I just say at the end of the worship service because I hope that it makes you feel better. It is the truth of who you are. You are the beautiful and beloved children of Almighty God. And everybody may not like your flavor. Be salt anyway. Everybody may not appreciate your hue. Be light anyway. Not on Facebook. You're familiar with Jesus' conversation about pearls and swine, and I'm not saying everybody's on Facebook's a swine. What I'm saying is, I think it's important for us to be careful when, when we open our true selves up to other people. But my hope is, that you've got that place, you have that relationship, that small group, that, that relationship in your life where you can take that mask off and starting today you can start saying to those people, you know, I've always dreamed about this. I've always been so passionate, but I was afraid to tell anybody because I don't know if I'll be any good at it. I'd love it if after today's sermon there was a line outside of Alan's office with people saying, I don't know if I can do any good, but I'd love to sing. I'd love it if over the next couple of days, Mark and I got email after email after email from people who said, I've been fighting it for years, Pastor. But I feel this call on my life. I've had a couple of folks over the course of the last year here at Ebenezer Church who have quit high-paying jobs to start their own small business 
Not because they expected that was the route to great riches. They entered this incredibly vulnerable place because they felt like that's what God was calling them to do. And I don't know if those businesses will be successful, but I can promise you those people feel alive. Why? Why would we quit hiding? It's so safe and comfortable to hide. I would suggest that there are a few reasons that we should quit hiding. The first is it will bring greater fulfillment to our lives. When we are honest, when we live into the passion that God has given to us, we feel alive. We feel a greater sense of joy. But it's not just the abundant life and and the greater sense of joy. In fact, those are not the primary reasons we need to quit hiding, that we need to be honest about who God created us to be. The primary reason Jesus gave us in our scripture passage this morning, he said, let your light so shine. Let them see what you can do. So that. So that. So that they will see those amazing works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When we quit hiding, it's not primarily about our own life fulfillment. When we live into who God created us to be, those passions and dreams, when we share them with the people around us and start taking steps in those directions, when they see what we can do, They bring glory to the Father in heaven. I know it's not easy. It might make you want to throw up. Do it anyway. Thank you for being here today, and and I hope that over the course of the next week, you will join me in this endeavor to bring glory to God as we quit hiding. Would you pray with me, church? Holy God, we confess. Sometimes like little children, we choose to hide. We choose to hide the dreams you've given us, the passions you've placed in our lives. And we do it so that others will like us. We do it because we're afraid. We do it because we might be ashamed. Forgive us. Because you had a dream too. When you created us, you had a dream for what our lives could be. We're sorry for hiding. Give us the grace and the strength today to quit. And to dream big God-sized dreams. And take bold, crazy, beautiful steps. so that all the world will see what we can do and bring glory to our Father in heaven. We pray these things in the name and to the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.